Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1, O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number one. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast, where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight, because here we go. We're back. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, John Hutspeth. I'm so glad you guys are with us this week. We have another jam-packed episode. We got uh, I got a big announcement coming up here in just a few minutes. We got a nice long interview for you guys this week. I got some updates, you know, what I've been up to. And uh, yeah, we just got a lot to cover this week. So I'm going to go ahead and dive into it. I'm going to start with uh, what I've been up to here recently. This last weekend, I got to finally go out to the ranch and set up my new Banks blinds. Um, I don't know if y'all remember last year uh, when I was doing all my summer setup and summer prep and stuff. It seemed like every single time I went out there to do something, something went wrong. Uh, I had breakdowns, I had equipment failure, I had cows out, just all kind of, it seemed like every single time I went to get something done, I accomplished like maybe a quarter of what I went to do because just everything went wrong. Uh, This last weekend, total opposite. Like I could not have dreamed of getting as much done as we got done. Got to go up there nice and early on Friday. Uh, I picked up the wood 4x4s that I used to elevate the blinds on my way up there. I got up there before dark, so I went ahead and drove out to the different locations and set the 4x4s out. Um, my good buddy Kelly uh, was able to come up and help me on Saturday, as well as my brother. I wasn't expecting both of them to be able to help, but they were. And So I woke up nice and early Saturday morning, jumped in the tractor, drove all the blinds out to where I wanted to set them up and everything. And then uh, just about the time I got done with that, my brother called me a little bit unexpectedly. He's like, hey, I'm you know done for the day. I'm yours for a couple hours where you need me. I said, that's awesome. Jump in my truck, head back this way. Uh, about 10 minutes later, he had a call from my buddy Kelly. He's like, hey, I uh, just picked up some Subway for lunch, and I'm on, your, uh, on the way. I'll be there in just a couple minutes. And so uh, before I knew it, we had three of us out there raising the blinds, putting the legs on, and it was just awesome. Like we got, we got all four blinds up. Now I do not have any way to get into these blinds yet. Um, I I bought four by fours for the legs, and then I've been collecting, you know, two by fours, two by sixes, two by eights, two by twelves, whatever I can get my hands on, you know, scraps lately. And uh, so I braced all four of them. Uh, but I did not like basically make like a ladder system get in. Still kind of trying to figure out what I want to do there. Um, these blinds, they're up there. I bought 10-foot 4x4s. 
and uh, they're not angled out near as wide as I thought. I mean, they're plenty wide enough. I don't think they're going to blow over anything, uh, but they're they're way up there. And so, um, yeah, wood is very expensive right now. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Uh, but anyway, got them all up, which is you know what I needed help for. I can easily go by myself and make the ladders if I need to. Uh, not only that, we got two feeders moved. We got the feeder pins moved with them. Uh, both of these feeder pins are going to end up being completely hog proof, which is what I'm all about. I've killed enough hogs. I, I mean, every once in a while, yeah, it's fun to kill a hog, but uh, you know, when you've killed as many as I have, it's not like I have a huge urge to kill more of them. Uh, so yeah, I got some blinds up, got some feeder pins built, and I am like way, way ahead of schedule. Um, also got some more good news. I think I'm going to have some more weekends uh, before my baby comes than I thought. Uh, so I'll have probably at least two more weekends to go up there and do stuff. So I'll be able to finish up the ladders, um, you know, finish up some odd and end stuff. Still trying to figure out if I'm going to do some late uh, spring food plots. Um, I just don't know. Honestly, I don't know if I'm going to have the the time or the finances to do that. I might just wait t- uh, till this fall. But anyway, so long story short, I got way more done this weekend than I ever thought I would. So that was awesome. And then this coming weekend, uh, which would have just passed by the time y'all are listening to this, my wife and I are taking our little baby moon out to Broken Bow. We got a cabin. We're going to take the boat with us. Uh, But on Friday, we are going on a guided crappie fishing trip. And so if you've listened to this podcast for a while, I talked about it a lot last year. I've been trying to get more into crappie fishing I just don't know what I'm doing. Um, I, I've not been very successful. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to pay somebody who does know what they're doing uh, to take me out, kind of teach me what's going on. And you guys are also going to benefit from this because the guy that I'm going with, uh, he's agreed to come on the podcast after our trip. You know, we're going to talk about the trip, what we did to catch the fish, how we were catching them, all that good stuff. So you guys are going to get to come along. Uh, not only, you know, while I talk about the trip, obviously, but then we're going to do a whole podcast on it. And, and then we're actually taking a second trip with this guide later with my dad and brothers. So we'll talk about, you know, how we were catching fish this time, how you catch fish later in the summer. So it's going to be kind of a good two for one type deal. So, uh, and then just speaking of podcasts in general, guys, like <laughs> it, this thing, it's just awesome guys. And it's all because of you, all because of you listeners. Um, uh, man, like a, a year ago I was struggling week to week to try, I was scrounging to find guests, uh, you know, reaching out to people on social media, begging people to come on. Uh, if I had somebody scheduled out a week in advance, that was like a huge blessing. Uh, and then all of a sudden, guys, I mean, like this spring has just been awesome. Um, I already have my podcast lined up for next week. I have a stack of business cards in front of me right now with all people who uh, you know said they would come on the podcast. I got two guys, just random phone numbers written down next to my computer here. Uh, guys that I met at the Backwoods show or I was referred to from the Backwoods show and stuff. Uh, so, I mean, I got a good like seven, eight weeks worth of podcasts here, plus my turkey hunt. Um, so all that to say, we got a lot more content coming up and I'm very excited for where this podcast is going. And speaking of where the podcast is headed, y'all like that transition there? I mentioned at the beginning, we had another big announcement this week and we do. The Oklahoma Outdoors podcast has a new partner coming on and it is the guys from Arrowhead Land Company, Will Bellis and Andrew Schultz. They are longtime real estate agents. They've been in the business a long time, a lot of experience between the two. They have recently formed Arrowhead Land Company, and they are jumping on as our new title sponsor for the show. And so very, very excited to have them on. That is this week's guest. Um, and so you guys get to meet them. 
and learn all about buying land. We talk about, uh, man, we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about the financial side. We talk about, you know, what to look for, what you should do when you're looking for a piece of land. And then towards the end, we get into some more like general, just kind of hunting stuff. I asked them a question that I get asked a ton through social media and stuff about what part of the state they prefer to hunt. You know, if you're looking for whitetail and stuff, I get asked that question all the time. You know, which corner of the state is best for whitetail hunting? So I asked these guys their opinion because they've been all over the state and looked at properties all over the place. So we talk about that and much, much more. So very excited for this partnership. Very excited to have these guys on the podcast. I think y'all are going to learn a lot from it. So without further ado, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to pack for my trip this weekend, do a little fishing. I'll let y'all know how it goes. And that's going to do it for me this week, guys. I hope you guys enjoy. Here's my episode with Arrowhead Land Company right after this. So this weekend, my wife and I are headed out on a guided fishing trip because let's be honest, I don't know what I'm doing. So I hired a guide to take me out and give us a special fishing trip. Maybe you're listening to this and you do know what you're doing, but you're still looking for something different, something special. If that's the case, you should head over to Private Water Fishing and sign up for a membership today. Private water fishing leases lakes all over Texas and Oklahoma. You get the entire lake all to yourself all day. Not only do you get the lake to yourself, but these lakes are managed for big bass or crappie or whatever you might be after. And these aren't just little stock tanks, guys. These lakes, almost all of them are 10 acre plus. You know, you can truly spend an entire day on one of these things fishing your heart's desire. So if that sounds good to you, head over to privatewaterfishing.com and sign up today. It's almost that time, guys. It is almost velvet season. That's right. The whitetails are growing their antlers, which means it's time to get your trail cameras out in the woods. I actually have two on my desk right here waiting for me to update them and get them out there. And when I do, I'm going to be using Deer Lab to help me get the most out of the trail camera photos that I'm getting. Deer Lab is a web-based system that truly helps you utilize trail cameras to the fullest. It pulls in weather data. It pulls in moon data. It pulls in, obviously, you know, your time, your date, all that good stuff, and helps you truly track a deer down, track its movements. One interesting observation I've made so far since playing with Deer Lab is that my main target buck, three quarters of the pictures I got of him were all during the same moon phase you know moon phase isn't something i've never really considered that much i've always gone back and forth on the debate but i can't argue with the results and i would not have found those out if it wasn't for deer lab so check it out deerlab.com get more organized hey everybody welcome to this week's show and today we got a uh, two two guests this week we got will bellis and andrew schultz how you guys doing today Doing good, John. How are you, man? Doing good, John. Doing good. We talked about it a little bit before we started recording. We're recording this on Cinco de Mayo, and so we both have some full bellies, uh, a margarita in us, and so I think that's some you know pretty good podcasting atmosphere we got going on here. So we agree, man. We agree. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you guys um, recently started your own little venture. You guys are the owners and operators of Arrowhead Land Company. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But real quick, before we get into that, I want to give you guys a quick little opportunity to introduce yourselves. So, Will, let's start with you. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I'm, I'm born and raised in, uh, in Missouri, uh, outside of Kansas City. Uh, I'm a transplant to Oklahoma close to 20 years ago. 
uh, I owned an outfitting business here for close to 12 years. And, um, one, one thing I learned about Oklahoma, that uh, everyone here is they're, they love their state and they're proud of it. And, uh, they love the land and it's just been a blessing to, to be a part of that over the years and, and with all the local folks. And it's just one of those deals that they, they, they welcome you and they make you feel home. Mm-hmm. Andrew, how about yourself? Yeah, man. So, um, I was actually born and raised in Illinois, central Illinois, mm-hmm. flat, fertile farm ground, uh, not a lot of recreational opportunities to speak of around there. And that's what kind of sparked my love for hunting and the outdoors. And, um, you know, I've, I've lived several different places throughout my career. And then it's actually through my friendship and partnership with Will that, that brought me to the state of Oklahoma. And, um, I'm telling you, man, Oklahoma is still such a sleeper state <laughs> as far as what it has to offer. And, um, you know, what Will just said, I've seen the same thing ever since I've been here. Uh, people are proud to live in this state, and I'm, I'm proud to live in this state. And it has so much to offer uh, the outdoorsmen and, and really anybody for that matter. And so if you're looking for just a, a good blue-collar place to live with lots of opportunities, both professionally and personally, uh, lots of recreational opportunities. I mean, you've got hogs, deer, ducks, uh, you name it. Anything you could ever want to hunt and do, it's all right here at your fingertips. And it's such a diverse state as well. And so um, my friendship and partnership with Will, like I said, that's what brought me here. Really happy to be here and uh, really happy to be talking with you on the podcast today, man. Yeah, I tell people all the time, me having this podcast and promoting our state is uh, is such a bittersweet thing because I feel like we still somehow have maintained that that sleeper state mentality, you know, especially on a, on a national scene. Uh, but I feel like you know that might be changing soon, and so bragging on our state is it's awesome, but it's also a little challenging because you know you don't want the word to get out too much. Uh, but you know we, <laughs> we we might get into that a little bit later. You guys obviously as real estate agents, you know, y'all, I'm sure y'all are are welcoming people in, uh, and I don't blame you for that whatsoever. So. Uh, well, like I mentioned earlier, you guys uh, own Arrowhead Land Company. So, real quick, why don't y'all just give us a quick little rundown of um, you know about your company, how it got started, where y'all are based out of, uh, where all you work, uh, just kind of cover the whole gamut. Yeah, man. Um, so sorry if I bounce around on you here. It's been kind of a wild ride. So mm-hmm. really, uh, we started launching Arrowhead as a as a land investment avenue. So um, we've been selling real estate for uh, quite a while. I think Will and I both since around 2016, we both had experience in real estate prior to that, but we started in sales in 2016 and um, Arrowhead uh, up until really just a few weeks ago, uh, actually closer to a couple of weeks ago was really going to be a land investment avenue. um, Kind of a, a side business, if you will, that, that paired well with what we do every day, which is help people buy and sell land, right? So um, what we were going to be doing is helping people invest in properties in a less traditional way um, as, as just another investment avenue, kind of like buying a stock, something of that nature. And um, what we were going to do is couple that with what we were doing with our previous brokerage buying and selling real estate for people or helping them rather. And so um, a couple weeks ago, a little more than a couple weeks ago, 
we actually moved in a different direction from our past brokerage or, or they moved in a different direction as well. It was um, kind of a mutual thing. And so what we did was we kind of pumped the brakes on what we were doing with Arrowhead and said, Hey, we're going to open our own real estate brokerage now. And that's what Arrowhead is going to be because that's what we know. That's our, that's our bread and butter. And so um, we worked with our, our web developers and, we worked with a handful of people who were helping us get Arrowhead launched as a land investment firm. And um, we're, we're, we've now turned it into a real estate brokerage. And so we're really, really excited. Um, helping people buy and sell real estate is really all we've known for the last several years. And in fact, it's all I've ever known um, ever since I got out of college or even was an intern in college, I was involved in, you know, the land sales industry, if you will, the, the land sales real estate. And so uh, that that's what we're doing with Arrowhead. And, and so Arrowhead, where that came from is we were looking for something that would resonate with everybody, right? Um, we didn't want to be pigeonholed to deer hunting. We didn't want to be pigeonholed to cattle ranching, uh, farming. Like we, we wanted something that everybody respected everybody resonated with and everybody was familiar with and that's really um where arrowhead came from is no matter where you're at across north america across the united states um you can find arrowheads just about anywhere uh, i don't care if you're a farmer a rancher a hunter an outdoorsman there's not a single person who doesn't uh find pleasure in looking down seeing an arrowhead that hasn't been touched in years and years and years, picking that thing up and um, trying to imagine where that was at in a different lifetime, you know? So we just wanted to create a brand that just uh, resonated across the country because we do have plans to, uh, to be of service to people all across the United States. So that's, uh, that's something that we're wanting to do and something we're excited about. Uh, we know that great brands aren't built overnight. You know, the Googles, the Apples, the you name it. But um, we want to blow this thing up, and we're really excited about what we've created in a short period of time. So, Will, I don't know if you have anything to add to that or not. But um, it's it's one of those things that you just never know what what God puts his path in front of you. And uh, we're just super fortunate that we're put in those situations to, to really move forward and, and act swiftly. Um, I would say that Andrew and I and, and our whole team here are, uh, are go-getters. So when it comes to like moving swiftly, moving fast and, and making things happen, that is a, that is a crucial part um in the real estate world in general and, and in business, when you can make decisions on a fly and you can live with them, um, that's the decisions you make. And, and, uh, that can really help, you know, that, that really helps our buyers. That really helps our sellers and that really helps us in business. So I, I, we take a lot of pride in that of being able to, you know, to whatever comes our way, we own it and, uh, we look forward and, and, and we move forward and we just keep growing. So, that's, that's kind of what I would say we're, we're built on. I mean, our deal is as uh, hardworking agents, you know, working for hardworking landowners. So that, that's what, uh, that's where we, uh, 
that's where we stand. And, and really, John, like part of the arrowhead, um, the the symbolicness or the symbolism behind it is just everything it stands for, you know, strength, courage, bravery. Like uh, Will and I both, we didn't come from, you know, anything special. And uh, we pride ourselves on our work ethic and our hustle and just uh, facing our fears and tackling life head on type of deal. You know what I mean? And so what that arrowhead embodies is everything that we embody. And that's what we built our core values around uh, for Arrowhead Land Company. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome, man. It's an awesome mission. I really like it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, And y'all, you know, mentioned growing in other states and stuff. Are you guys just licensed in Oklahoma or do you have your licenses in other states? You know, we have listeners from all the way around Oklahoma and over the country. Uh, You know, if somebody from uh, Kansas or, you know, calls you or something like that, are you going to be able to help them out? Yeah, so right now, Arrowhead Land Company is is only licensed in Oklahoma at the moment. Um, Will and I both have other licenses that we haven't made active underneath our our new entity, our new brokerage yet, but uh, those are coming. And um, no matter where you're at in the United States, there's going to come a time where we're coming, you know? (laughs) So um, that's something we want to do. We want to scale, you know, in our immediate future, we're going to try and stay as close to home as possible as we branch out but uh, we're opportunists and if the right opportunity arises to to be able to help somebody or help folks in in other states that aren't right out our back door or right against our borders we want to be able to help people so we we feel like we've got a really good grasp on how to help people buy and sell land successfully and how to help agents who are trying to make a living at this be successful and so if, if we can spread that um, in other states and other places, we want to do that. So, fantastic, fantastic, awesome. Well, I think we're ready to uh, to kind of dive off into the deep end now that we've kind of covered all of our bases. And so, this first question, I figure we might as well just start at the beginning. So, let's say I'm me, you know, and I'm interested in buying a piece of property. What should be my first step? Um, you know, should I start by going to the bank? Should I contact you guys as an agent? Should I start looking for land online and pick a piece and then call you guys? Where should I start? So first thing that I would recommend to anyone is um, this market is so competitive right now. Um, Being pre-qualified, know where you stand with the bank, know where all your financials are at, know where you're wanting to be. Like that, that is, that is what you need to dial in on first. And so, you know, there's tons of lenders across the state from, from the bank first of the world to the, to the ag credits. I mean, from one spectrum to another, there's a lot of lenders out there that are willing to help. Um, that is going to be the most important piece to, to start with. And the, and the reason why is, is because in this market, whether you're ready to pull the trigger, you have the fi- financing to do that. Um, and you're not ready when you see a property pop online these days, that property can literally disappear in a matter of hours. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're ready to pull the trigger and you got that stuff dialed in, you're going to be way better suited for an agent to, instead of like, if you called me today, that's the first thing I'm going to want you to do. And, and you're more than likely, you're probably calling on a property that's already listed. Mm-hmm. Well, there just no, there's already buyers calling on that. Um, so that that's where you really, really need to dive off in and start there. And it position, positions you, excuse me, 
in a position of strength. Um, because when you go to present an offer, uh, what's going to look better, you know, an offer by itself or an offer with a letter of some kind that says, Hey, I have the money to buy your place at the price that I'm offering you. I'm ready to move forward and I'm ready to close and give you what you're asking for. Um, and so by having those things that Will's talking about, it's just going to strengthen your offer and strengthen your opportunity at getting the property that you're hoping to buy. And, and, and it's really going to strengthen your opportunity with agents in, in these days because, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have got off into the land business. And when you're not ready to buy, I mean, a lot of guys, I mean, it, it, one, some folks don't even get, get the buyer prepared, you know. Mm. So if you can have that in place, it's, you, you just got a, let, a lot better chance of, of winning what you're trying to accomplish. And, yeah, sure. and two, and do that, John, and, and Will and I get excited here, so we're probably gonna feed off of each other. That's good. You gotta, you gotta stop us if we get uh, carried away. You know. All right, all right. Um, but <laughs> so buying land, I mean, that's a dream for so many people, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a little bit different from buying a house from the standpoint of okay, uh, a lot of your home buyers they need a place to live, right? So mm-hmm. if they're if they're telling you, hey, we're in the market to buy a home. They're either ready to get a new home or they need a home. Mm-hmm. And with land, with it being more of a, a commodity or more of a, uh, an extra thing that you pursue in life, um, we get a lot of dreamers, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so um, going from that dreamer stage to, okay, I'm actually in a position to buy a place, it's important that you go through those steps of getting your financials in check, getting with the right people and getting set up. Um, and it's just as important as, uh, or it's what I'm trying to say is when you go to talk to an agent, like what Will was talking about earlier, you want that agent to understand that, Hey, I'm qualified. I'm ready. Um, this is something that I'm looking to pull the trigger on. If not now in the next 90 days, and uh, I want you to represent me and I want you to go to work for me because this is very serious for me. Mm-hmm. We get tons and tons of inquiries every day that are not legitimate, yeah. right? And we get some that might be legitimate, um, but if you don't go down that road with these buyers, you never know for sure, right? Mm-hmm. And so not everybody understands when they reach out to an agent that they need to let that agent know that they're qualified and ready to make a decision um, because to find somebody that's going to work hard for you and is going to help you, whether you're ready now or whether it's a year from now, having that communication and setting those expectations and laying the foundation to be in a position to move on something in this competitive market, it's all so important and it all works in hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Right. Here's a quick question for you. So, uh, I was going to ask a little bit later about you know difference between uh, home and land, but since we kind of got into it, I'll go ahead and bump this up. And maybe this is a better question for a bank, but you know when buying a home, the old rule of thumb was twenty percent down, and it seems like now you can do about four percent down. But um, you know what kind of uh, what kind of down payment should somebody have ready if they're you know looking to buy one of these properties? So it's it's pretty standard right now. It is about twenty percent down. Gotcha. Um, and you can some of your rates can be adjusted with what the amount that you are willing to put down. But mm-hmm. to get into a piece of ground, you just need to be prepared to have that twenty percent. Now, granted, you got to think you got to keep in mind too. 
is uh, a lot of things are changing right now with, mm-hmm. with this market along the lines of interest rates. Mm-hmm. This time last year, there was a lot of deals getting done for 4%. Yeah. We're looking at stuff at 6.7 interest rate right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are things that leads back into your previous question. You know, um, there's the, the unknowns of getting, you know, getting those things dialed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are ways to get creative, you know, to where you can offset some of that down payment with, let's just say timber value or, you know, equity. Uh, I mean, there's ways that you can offset some of that, but that's where having a banker, having an agent that is knowledgeable and that you can trust and can advise you is going to be so important. Um, so yeah, if not 20%, I mean, you're looking at 30%. And a lot of people think that they'll be able to get into a land loan for 30 years, you know, like a conventional loan on a house. And that's just not the case. Most of the time you're looking at probably 15 to maybe 20, you know, if you're, if you're lucky. So, um, that's another thing too, is the term in addition to the interest rates and the down payment is going to be a little bit different. Now, with that being said, sometimes you can find properties with some income to offset some of those payments or to offset, um, some of your initial down payment, your investment. And so, uh, those are all things that you have to be able to identify, uh, depending upon your needs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Alrighty. Well, I think the uh, the financial part is probably the most important, important, but also probably the least sexy. So let's get into some more fun stuff real quick. <laughs> Y'all did a great job with that, but uh, I'm sure yeah, some people are oh, more. Exactly. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, nothing. I was just going to lead into the next question. Um, so uh, this one's kind of a, a hunting, specific, you know, this is a hunting podcast. So I'm kind of coming at buying land from a hunting perspective, but. Uh, uh, what are some things you guys look for in a hunting property? Uh, property, um, you know, some general features and attributes. You know, like I, I'm going to throw out one random one. If I, if I was looking for land today, uh, one of the biggest things I would be looking for is road access on the west side of that property, because in our area, you know, the wind is probably either going to blow from the south or southeast or the north. And so I love being able to access stands or food plots or whatever from the west because, you know, a lot of times you can kind of set it up to where you can hunt both a southeast or a north wind. So that's just like a random land feature, you know, something that I have in mind. Uh, But you guys are on properties all the time. What are some things that you guys keep in mind when somebody says, I want a hunting property? Well, the the first thing that comes to mind for me when when I'm looking personally uh, I'm always thinking um, the resale side of it, okay? Mm-hmm. Because we all know that we we may think an area is great, but you just never know what the neighbor's going to be like. You never know um, if the genetics are really what you're wanting in that area. You think they are, but you know. And 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 does that? Are you looking for just a place that where you can go and you're going to see a lot of deer? You're going to see, you know, you want more of a trophy type of place. So I'm looking at the resale side of it as well. So I'm going to, I'm going to want, um, I, I really like to have power. Uh, I love, I, I personally, it's got to have water. And if I can get live water, even better. Um, I like, I like bigger timber Creek bottoms. That's just stuff that appeal to me from being from the Midwest. Um, that doesn't mean it's going to be the best hunting piece though, mm-hmm. but those are just things that appeal to me. And, and they, from what I've seen over the years, they help sell the property again. I, I like getting a trail camera history. I like um, preparing uh, 
We do a lot of stuff with MapRite, uh, and I know a lot of people use Onyx Hunt Maps these days, and I like to see how big the tracks are around me. Are those tracks leased? Is that a cattle ranch? Um, is there opportunity for me to lease the farm next door? And those are things we like to dive off into for clients if we can. Um, uh, I personally have done a ton of business in that Seminole, Hughes, Ophussy, because that's just where my business used to be at for years. Mm-hmm. So I can pretty much, if, if you, when you find the right agent, he's going to know about an area. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to know a lot about that area if he's done a lot of business there. So when I look on a flat map, a lot of times I can say, okay, well, this farm next to this piece that we just listed, I think you could lease that. Um, and, and those are things that, you know, just building that protection around you because, man, you, you know, I mean, you see these guys these days, they're killing giant deer on 20 and 40 acre parcels. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a thousand acre spread, you know, to really have just a great time in the outdoors. So I guess you, you know, that, that's what I look for personally. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to touch on something that Will said or reiterate it rather, um, we all are passionate about hunting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, us as hunters, we, we tend to shape our entire lives around it to some degree, if you will, right? And so what what people can get caught in is, uh, I don't want to call it a trap because it's not a trap, but the emotions of buying a piece of land for hunting, you can let your emotions dictate your financial decision, right? Mm-hmm. And what Will just said about uh, resale value that's removing the emotion and that's looking at the facts and that's um, making sure you're making an investment in something that, Hey, if I don't end up with this for the rest of my life, or if I don't pass this down to my kids or my grandkids, it's a good marketable property that I can part ways with and maybe look for the next property or the next investment opportunity. Um, You know, none of us ever know what life is going to throw at us. Mm -hmm. And so you get into a piece of property. Sometimes you think, I'm going to spend the rest of my life here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to raise my kids here. I'm going to do this. And then uh, you find out that maybe your neighbor's not what you thought they'd be. Or maybe, like Will said, the genetics aren't there or something. So that resale component is something that people don't think about a lot. And that was a really good point. And I, I was curious to see where he was going to go because he and I have never had that conversation mm-hmm. about what he or what I look for, because everybody's a little bit different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, um, if I'm talking about just attributes alone, uh, water, cover, um, and and really just the opportunity to take that property and make improvements to it, mm-hmm. um, food plots, trail systems, things of that nature. I'm more of the the project guy. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed taking a, a farm that I owned. And taking it from what was a hobby farm owned by folks who who never hunted and didn't really care about it and transforming that into uh, my own little hunting paradise right mm-hmm. and so uh, but some some folks they look for something more turnkey with like will was talking about trail camera history uh, shed antlers that are sitting in the cabin that they can see okay they came from the property um, I mean everybody's a little bit different so for me, I'm looking for all those things. And then something with great access, like you talked about, John, um, if you can't get onto certain parts of your property to capitalize on being able to truly hunt it and harvest animals, uh, at that point, you just have 
a playground where you bump deer and turkeys and all those things around mm-hmm. and you're not finding the success in the field that you want, you know, and, mm-hmm. and not everybody's hunters. That's what's so cool about our business is um, we deal with a lot of hunters, but we deal with a lot of people who just want to experience the outdoors also. And especially as we can all relate to COVID changed a lot of things in our world. And um, we see more and more people looking to get out of these, these cities and just experience the country lifestyle, experience a piece of property. Um, I just, I just sold a place to, uh, well, we just sold a place rather to some folks from California. And, uh, they're some of the best people I've ever met in my life. And, and they just told me the heartache of some of what's happening there in, in that city and, or in that state and in the city they were in, in that market. And, they were so excited to come to Oklahoma and embrace the conservative values here and embrace the rural lifestyle. And they're going to, uh, you know, grow a garden on their property and they're going to hunt and, you know, they're going to uh, raise their kids out in the country. And like, they didn't come here as diehard hunters, but man, they're going to embrace themselves in the Oklahoma lifestyle and they're going to love it here. And those are the type of good people that we love to welcome into this state and into our communities. And so, um, while the hunting part of it, we all, we both have things that we look for. There's a lot of people who aren't focused on that and, uh, they love it just the same way we do. And and the wild flip side of that is, you know, those folks just bought a, a 55 acre farm with a beautiful farmhouse. And then, you know, from California, and then you got your guys from Pike County, Illinois. <laughs> I mean, the one at one point in time, the deer mecca of the world. Mm-hmm. And you have landowners that just closed on a deal with this week that bought a thousand plus acres on the North Canadian River. And he's like, Pike County, it doesn't exist like it used to be. Yeah. Uh, we're coming, you know, what you talked about earlier is we're, we're, we're bringing in those, the, the serious guy that wants to, you know, chase bucks on the North Canadian River or, you know, and the, and the big, uh, and, and the acorn flats and post oaks and stuff that, you know, just stuff that, you know, just different, just a different environment and a different, a different animal, you know, mm-hmm. just a different creature that it's just special here, man. Mm-hmm. It's super special. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So I got kind of a part B to this question. I want to break it down just a little bit more. Uh, so one of the things that makes Oklahoma so great, one of the reasons we all love it is just how diverse it is, you know, from east to west. And uh, a lot of people like to split it in half, you know, I-35, east and west. But really, you you really need to split it into at least three pieces. So eastern, you got you got the rough timber, wooded stuff. Central Oklahoma, you got the rolling plains. Then as you get west, you get a little drier, more sandhill stuff. Um, are there different things you look for in those different uh, topography or not topographies? What, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Landscapes. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. like in in eastern Oklahoma, water probably isn't quite as big a deal as in western Oklahoma. And I'm sure you guys have been all over the state and sold properties all over the place. So, are there different things you look for in the different parts of the states? Um, or state that you know might not be as big a deal in other places. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. When you, when you think about, let's just talk about the Grant counties of the world, up around Medford. Uh, I've owned some farms up there, and, um, you know, uh, it's it it's crucial to have water up in that area. I mean, you want to have water there. It's, there's a handful of streams through there, but it's also an area where there's a lot of crop ground. 
and uh, and it's hard to find a lot of cover. Mm-hmm. So you'd be surprised up in that part of the country, you know, a place that might only have 15 or 20 trees on this place, but it, it may actually be holding, you know, 30 and 40 deer at all times just because of the grasses and uh, and things along those lines. And then you can go all the way down to the, you know, the push Matahas of the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then down there, you do have plenty of water, but a lot of it, a lot of what you run in down to the, uh, in that part of the country is, uh, when it comes to the real estate side of it and owning a piece of ground is legal access. There's so mm-hmm. much awesome ground down there, but when it comes to purchasing that ground, there's so much of what we would call, uh, w- and, and this, wor- and, and, and the real estate world, we call it landlocked, but you know, there's so many forest service roads mm-hmm. and to getting legal access to those points. Um, that's something you got to kind of look out for there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start to, I mean, you can think about, all the way out when you start to get out in the panhandle. I mean, I mean, just the hunting side of it, heck, I mean, you got opportunities for antelope, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you got a place, they just have a, you know, a windmill and a drinker, you may have opportunities to shoot antelope or mm-hmm. even in, uh, even in Hughes County these days, Hughes County has a decent amount of elk population, which a lot of folks don't know that. Uh-huh. And we've ran a lot of trucks down there over there over the years. We've sold a lot of farms and, and, and a lot of them have had elk. Um, mm-hmm. so, and just just to, just that tells you really what the state has. I mean, from mule deer, antelope, uh, elk, whitetail. I mean, it's just it's pretty wild. Rio Grande turkeys to Easterns. You know, I've sold farms that have had a in those areas where you're like right on that line where is this a hybrid? Or uh, and then we actually had a client that his his son, both of his sons, one shot a an Eastern and one shot a Rio out of the same group of birds that came in a few years back. So just just really cool mm-hmm. and, and man you know you look at these different landscapes across the state and uh what's really cool about this business is sometimes we have to remind ourselves that hey not everybody thinks the same way we do right mm-hmm. so will's got a part of oklahoma he's probably ex- a little bit extra passionate about i've got a part of oklahoma i'm probably a little more passionate about but you know what everybody's needs and desires are different right like mm-hmm. we get guys who say well, I would love to kill um, the biggest deer possible and be as close as I can to the Kansas border, right? Mm-hmm. And then we say, okay, great. Let's go check out a place by the Kansas border. And they're like, well, where do I put my tree stand? <laughs> and we're like, well, there's not many trees right here to put a tree stand. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, well, I want a property with timber on it. I'm like, okay, well, we got to work back to the southeast. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you get other folks who are like, hey, um, really shooting 190-inch deer aren't important. It's not important to me. I just want a place where I can bring my kids. We can see deer. I can embrace them in the outdoors. And uh, turkeys, we want to have turkeys. And we want to be able to shoot hogs. And, like, you know, and all that stuff is going to dictate where that person lands, you know. And so – each region of the state or each landscape that you're talking about, they're all incredible in their own way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just really depending down what are your wants, what are your needs, uh, how far away is it for you? Is it is it something where you're willing to drive four hours to get to, or does your time really only allow you for a one hour, you know, one way trip to whatever place it is that you want? So these are all things that we talk through with people. And that's what ultimately helps us 
find a place for them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. All righty. Uh, let's move on a little bit here. Um, we, t- we covered this a little bit, but uh, let's say you're new, uh, you know, new person, like we talked about earlier, looking to buy your first piece of property. What are some things you should have in mind or what are some things you should know about? Um, you know, just, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys deal with a lot of first time landowners. What are some things that people don't know about that they need to know about? Um, things that I'm going to be, that I'm going to be looking at is, is easements, um, legal access, because, you know, in Oklahoma, there's a, there's a lot of section line right aways and some that can be closed and some that are open. Those are things that, uh, you know, you may have a long driveway down into there and, uh, and it may not be legal access. So mm-hmm. those are things that I'm going to want to know about. Um, and that's what, that's when it comes I guess I'm going to spin this a little on you. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of goes back to finding a, a, a land specialist. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I would touch on is, is the Realtors Land Institute, um, RLI, um, that's where you probably need to be. You, you need to be dialing in on someone that, uh, no offense to the Keller Williams agents of the world or your, or your, you know, your, your residential folks, but mm-hmm. there's folks out there that, that, put a, that spend a lot of time getting educated they spend a lot of time in the outdoors um and so that is one place where if you're looking for a guy to help you search for land he those guys are qualified those guys have have spent a lot of time a lot of money and and a lot of hours and, and just diving off into the outdoors and and knowing what's going on when it comes to land so um i i would you know it's extremely important to find a guy that knows what they're doing in this business. Because if you don't, you can get yourself in a situation where you buy a property that doesn't have legal access, especially if you're a cash buyer, mm-hmm. if you're a cash buyer and, and, and those things aren't in place, there's some things that can slip through the cracks that could put you in a bad situation. We actually wound up in one of those uh, fairly recently. And so it's definitely possible easier than you think. If you don't mind, I know you're the one hosting the podcast, but tell me about your situation there. Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe <laughs> is it something that, looking back on it, could have been prevented? Or, I guess, what are you referring to there? Probably so. So, we had a property we sold, uh, I guess, this previous January, or, you know, just a few months ago. And, uh, basically, it was one old man who had owned several thousand acres, and kind of his retirement plan was ever so often he would sell off a chunk, and uh, we bought his second-to-last chunk, you know, other than the chunk he he kept. Um, And as he sold those chunks, he never did any kind of access agreement. Um, And so, come to find out, uh, you know, we, we went to sell our property after we had bought it from him, and my dad started digging into it, and come to find out, we actually did not have any form of legal access, and so if that man wanted to... He could have slapped a gate over it and said, too bad. Uh, you know, I, I know he legally can't keep you from your land, um, but uh, it turned into a little bit of an ordeal because, you know, when my dad went to sell it, he wanted whoever was buying it, he wanted to make sure that they had access. Um, so, yeah, it turned into a little bit of a of a circus. Yeah. Wow. yeah and, and that's more common than you think. I mean, if that makes you feel any better, mm-hmm. we run into those types of scenarios every day. And so uh, you're, you're not alone there. Mm-hmm. We, we've spent days driving into 
Oklahoma City or Tulsa trying to track down landowners um, for our sellers to try to get easements signed off on and work with surveyors and, 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 you know, just trying to track these folks down because we've had guys that have bought places, just like you said, owned it for 10 years, turn around and go to sell it and said, hey, you know, the guy who sold this to me said that there was an easement mm-hmm. and there there was. So, yeah. um, um, that, right, those are things you just got to look out for all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And and going back to your original question, I guess, of what do you look out for as a new buyer um, or somebody who's never bought land? I mean, there, there's maybe a couple of things that I would mention there is number one, like I kind of alluded to earlier, try to remove the emotion from it as much as possible. It's an exciting thing buying mm-hmm. your first piece of property. Like, you know, for me personally, my entire childhood and young adult years my dream was to own my own piece of land and so like that's an exciting process but um you have to also make sound decisions and you want to make sure that the investment you're making is one that's thought out and one that's uh, well advised you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um that would be one thing that i would definitely encourage people to do it, just trust that process and trust that the right piece of property is going to come along uh, even if you miss out on an opportunity or even if um, you're not sure where that opportunity is going to come about next, just be patient in the process and be ready. And then the other thing I was going to say is a lot of us in our minds, we have the idea of, of the perfect piece of property, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say very rarely do you actually run into what you see in your mind as the perfect property. There's no such thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's people who might really, really love the property that they ended up with, uh, but very rarely is it exactly what you had in your mind. So having an open mindset to um, taking a piece of property and making it what you want it to be, or taking a piece of property and saying, you know, this didn't check all my boxes, but it checks most of the boxes and land in general is a great investment and this is going to appreciate during the time that i own it and i'm going to be able to turn around and and sell it one day for a profit when that perfect place does maybe come along um just keeping that in mind because i feel like some people are actually led to inaction and and they never execute on buying not that they never execute but they prolong the buying process because they have this idea of the perfect property in their mind, but mm-hmm. um, finding one that checks most of your boxes and you can kind of create that love for uh, part of the love for that piece of property or most of it rather is going to come through the experiences and the memories you have while you own it, mm-hmm. you know, and if it was a great financial decision on top of that, you're going to love it even more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, you hear all the time, it's kind of cliche, like you can't ride four wheelers on a stock or you can't hunt deer on a stock. It, you like land is one of those really cool things that you can enjoy and your family can enjoy and your friends can enjoy and you can make money on it at the same time. Like it's just, it almost seems like it's cheating, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so. And touch on what Andrew's just saying is I, I had a client a few years back and just to give you a scenario that we, he, he had a lot of boxes that he wanted to check and, and he became a great friend and we've, we've done some other deals and stuff together. But when he started searching, he's from Florida and moved to Texas and wanted to find a farm in Oklahoma. 
So when we started searching his boxes and his criteria, I was like, man, I, I don't know if I can find this thing. And I, I, I see hundreds of these farms a year. And so we finally, we finally found the right investment. Mm. And, and what has happened is he's fallen in love with the farm. And we talked with him this week and I'm like, Hey man, it's, it's, it's time to get that farm on the market, you know? And, uh, you know, just trying to, just trying to see where his head at. Cause he's like, and I just, I just don't know if this farm is really it, but I want a place to hunt. I don't want to lease a place. Mm-hmm. And now he's just falling in love with it. And he's like, I, I just, I just don't know if I could ever sell it. And, you know, at the time, I mean, just the, the situation is, I mean, he bought this farm a couple of years ago for 1500 an acre. And he's like, what's it worth these days? And I'm like, well, it's probably worth about 3000 an acre right now. So he's like, Oh my God, I just, I made, <laughs> I made a great investment. Mm-hmm. I, I love the farm now. I'm not going to get rid of the farm now. And uh, it's just a, it was a win-win for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So this last question, I went back and forth on whether I wanted to ask you guys or not, but it's one that I get asked all the time and I wanted y'all's opinion on it. Uh, so I, I've had, full send. what's that? <laughs> I said full send. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. It. I'm going for it. Uh, so I get asked this question all the time. Like I said, and for, for the sake of this, I'm going to pretend I'm not an out-of-state hunter. I'm going to pretend that I live in Oklahoma City in the very center of the state, and it doesn't matter to me which direction I go. Uh, but I get asked all the time, if you had to pick a part of the state for whitetail hunting, which part would you uh, pick? And so we don't have to get super specific. I don't want to get super specific, but we're going to break it down to you know northwest, northeast, southeast, southwest. Uh, if you guys had to pick a corner of the state for whitetails, which one would you pick and why? Oh, man. And, and let me clarify. Are you talking about us personally, our preferences, or like if we were a buyer looking? Uh, I tell you what, just to make it not quite as so uh, crazy for out-of-state people who are trying to spy on us, let's go with you guys personally. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to touch on two different things right here. Okay. Um, the investment side of me, um, says I'm going to stay right in that central Oklahoma with, uh, south of I-40, mm-hmm. Hughes, Seminole, Ofusky, Pontotoc, and Cole. That's where I'm going to stay investment side of it. The hunting is phenomenal there. But what I call those deer down there, I call them acorn vampires. You're <laughs> going to get phenomenal trail camera pictures. You're mm-hmm. going to have tons of deer. But odds of you killing them, you probably need to be a better hunter than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I, if I want to know that I can buy a farm tomorrow, have a little bit of income off of it possibly, um, go out there, put some food plots in and have an opportunity to kill, a, a, a you know, a 150 inch deer or better on a, on a consistent basis. I am, um, I'm going to go into the, like the North central from, uh, I mean, I'll just get, I'll get pretty specific with you. I'm going to probably get focused towards a grant alfalfa, um, even into a Payne County, maybe even a Pawnee, mm-hmm. um, personally, um, I like some of that open country with a little bit of farm ground. I think that's just uh, um, a little bit of more my flavor. You know what I mean? I, I'm mm-hmm. Being from the Midwest, I'd like to see a little soybeans or milo uh, along the creek bed. You know, um, that, that's what I like. But I think if you're looking for the investment side of it right now and, and it's a true, rec- you know, true recreational gym, I think it's right there in that south central part of the state. Mm. Yeah, and – for me, John, I would say 
if you took a line and drew it and divided the the red dirt country from the green country mm-hmm. um that's where probably my midwestern roots get the best <laughs> of me a little bit is i love getting up in a in a tall tree man and mm-hmm. i love being timber and you know experiencing rutting whitetails and like not being able to necessarily see you know hundreds if not thousands of yards with a spotting scope or binos um i just like a little more of that that timber rut hunting type of feel with some topography and uh something that takes me a little bit more back to my roots now the the hunting opportunities in western oklahoma are freaking incredible Mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're question of you know whitetails mm-hmm. um you know i hunted with a great buddy in western kansas last year and it opened my eyes to the world of hunting that is exactly the opposite of what i just said i enjoy <laughs> you know like uh-huh. there wasn't a tree anywhere we were stalking through you know crp grass fields mm-hmm. uh like there's just big deer after big deer and you know i know there's lots of of Western Oklahoma, that is the same way. But for me personally, man, if I had to make an emotional decision, um, I enjoy being in the timber and experiencing whitetail hunting from up in a tree that way. Yep. So, yeah. So before I started this podcast, uh, I was on Dan's podcast, Nine Figure Chronicles, and uh, he asked me that question. You know, if I was going to come hunt there, what part of the state? And I told him, I was like, man, like, I could show you examples of big deer from every corner of this state. It's just kind of like y'all are saying, yeah. it's what kind of hunting are you into? And that's kind of the cool thing about this state. You know, you got mountain hunting in the east, you got kind of desert western hunting in the west. And so it's kind of whatever floats your boat. And, uh, you know, you get in the right area, you're probably going to be able to find some good deer also. So, so yeah, no wrong answer. No there. I was just curious what y'all thought, so absolutely man you think about i mean we met you guys at the backwoods hunting and fishing expo and Mm -hmm. i mean you got to think just two two years ago at that expo there was 30 i believe it was 32 bucks in the state of oklahoma that were scored that year there were over 200 inches Mm -hmm. and they were from all over the place from push mataha to um pain county to woodward Mm -hmm. county i mean they were from all over so i mean i mean there's big deer everywhere here yeah they are yep and All people right. are starting to find out. About it, I was just about know, to say, so. I, th- I think we need to shut our mouths now. I think we're good. Yeah, be quiet. So. <laughs> great for the state. It's great for the culture. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we enjoy people who are, are passionate about the same things that we are and, and want to ultimately play a small hand in conservation and just contributing to the, the overall experience here hunting in Oklahoma, you know? Mm-hmm. So if, if people come in and, and they want to make that better, and they want to enhance that, uh, we welcome that. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, Will and Andrew, this has been awesome. We're kind of coming up on time here, and I want to make sure we have enough time to uh, to let you guys, you know, tell people how to find you. And so, um, man, if, uh, go ahead and shout out your, you know, website, social media, phone numbers, basically just any way people can get in contact with you. Yeah, man. Um, you can go to our website. It's arrowheadlandcompany.com. Um, just launched it. We're really, really proud of it. Uh, we feel it's one of the, the cleanest land websites out there, you know? So if you're in the market to, to buy or sell, it's, it's definitely a good tool for you. So as far as social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, 
uh, now that Elon's taking over Twitter, maybe we'll get a Twitter. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, we try to be interactive on that. Um, to anybody listening to this, if you're thinking about land ownership, buying, selling, uh, even just want to talk, Will and I, we carry our cell phones all the time. Our, our numbers are out there to the public. Uh, they're on our website. They're on our listings. We, we welcome conversation with anybody who, who wants to catch up about land ownership or hunting or, or even employment opportunities. I mean, we, we talked about how we want to grow our brokerage. And so if there's somebody out there who thinks, man, I'd, I'd love to get into selling land or, hey, I'd love to have a small hand in, in what these guys are looking to do, uh, we welcome those conversations. So um, feel free to call or text us anytime. And uh, our, our phone numbers are online. And, and and that's that's for for guys in Kansas looking to get into the business. That's for guys in Iowa to look that are getting into the business. I mean, we uh, that that is something we we do want to you know we're willing to help mentor and nurture people along the way in this business. And I mean, uh, there's a lot there's a lot of room for us to grow, and there's a lot of opportunity out there. And uh, it, I mean, it's blessed both of us in our in our lives. The land business has and. Uh, we we get to touch. The coolest thing about it is is getting to have a part of someone building, whether it's a ten acre partial, twenty acre partial, or two hundred acre partial. When they get an opportunity to buy their first piece of ground, when it's that first piece of ground, man, that's the funnest client you could ever lay your hands on. They're so excited, and and, and we take a lot of pride in like what Andrew touched on, can I kind of calm that emotion down? We'll be excited at the closing table with you, but let's make sure we make the best investment possible for you that, uh, and, and get you to where you really want to be. So, um, and Will and I, we're in this business to help people. And like one of the things we say at Arrowhead is when it's all said and done, our legacy will be that we played a small part in helping you build yours, you know, and, when people buy land, that that's a legacy type of move for them and their families in a lot of cases. And if we can play a small part in that, man, we're proud to hang our hats on that. That's what we're here for. And uh, that's why we're in the real estate business. Awesome guys. Awesome. I think we did a, a great job on this episode. Y'all answered a lot of questions. Um, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Man, we just we want to thank you for the opportunity. Um, the outdoors have shaped our lives. There's no doubt about it. We would not be sitting here talking to you if it was not for the outdoors, and really if it was not for a career in, in selling land and real estate. And so, um, I want to encourage. I guess I wanted to say that buying land is a lot more attainable than most folks think. And there's a lot of people. You know, we talked a little bit about the dreamers earlier. Um, it's great to dream about it, but we want to help make your dreams come true. And, uh, it's more attainable than most people think. Sometimes you just got to get a little creative and sometimes you got to have a plan. And so if, if we can help people formulate that plan, we want to do that. So don't, don't think, oh man, I'll never own land. It's, it's too expensive or it's not what it used to be, or I lost my lease or I lost my access it's just not the case. Uh, we can help you and we want to help you. And so don't give up on that dream. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Will, Andrew, thank you guys for coming on. Look forward to hearing more from you guys. And uh, until next time, we will see you guys later. Thanks, John. Thanks, man. That's going to do it for this week, folks. I told you guys we had a full show. We're over an hour already. Thank you, Will and Andrew, for coming on the show and also just believing in this show uh, enough to want to partner with us. So thank you guys for that. All you listeners, I feel like I say it every week, but I truly mean it. This would not be possible without you guys. So thank you guys for tuning in. Like I said at the beginning, we have so much content coming down the pipe over the next several weeks and months and hopefully years. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, While y'all were listening to this episode, I was uh, smoking some ribs on my Traeger. I just pulled them off. They're resting under some foil in the kitchen. So I'm about to go dive headfirst into those bad boys. Thank you guys for listening. And until next week, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. Podcast.